I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. What's up, and welcome back to the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm Sean McCormick. I am actually not Sean McCormick. My name is Nate Palmer. I'm the host of the Low Carb Hustle Podcast, but there's a special surprise for you today. I'm actually going to be interviewing Sean because he's very interesting, and he never talks about himself on the show at all. So we were on, we were talking on a podcast a while back, and I was like, man, we got to get you on and interview you so the people that you're talking to on a regular basis can hear some of your opinions about the government. I think, like, roughly, that's what we said. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's more or less correct. Yeah. But anyways, welcome to your podcast, bro. You you flipped the script. The script. Consider the the script flipped. The, I, this is so cool, and I appreciate it because this can be like a normal conversation. And and I, for such a long time, have decided like it's about the information. It's about the guest. I'm not an expert in gut health. I just know a lot about it. I'm not an expert in X topic. You know, I just sort of give the other person the the the. the the soapbox to speak from. And you're like, well, let's do that with you. And, and it was your idea. And I'm super thankful. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk about me, my favorite topic. Let's, let's yeah. Isn't it everybody's favorite topic? I just love it so much. So um, just jump right in and let's talk a bit about your journey with fitness. How did you get into this in the first place? When did you start training and how has that evolved over time? I was a fat kid, uh, from, um, from heavy parents. And so there was always obesity kind of in my household. I was super active and played, you know, the typical, I think, you know, millennials did this where it was like one sport at a time, three seasons a year, and then the summer's off, you know, type of a thing. I think like, you know, guys our age did that. So I was always playing a sport, basketball, baseball, and soccer were, were, um, were my main sports. So I was always active, but I was always heavy. Like, and, and so I wasn't, I wasn't the the fittest kid. I wasn't the, um, the most coordinated, but I was a workhorse. Like I outworked people and I was mean and, and, and that served, served me in my sporting career. So I played, you know, two varsity sports in high school. I played college soccer. I played semi-pro soccer for a year after college, but my physique was never quite right. And I think a lot of that had to do I know a lot of it had to do with my nutrition and it wasn't until really like my, my mid twenties where I started to toy around with, um, with lower carb and into my late twenties where I found keto and, and admittedly it was Dave Asprey on the Joe Rogan experience where he talked about bulletproof coffee, but that was sort of like a, a, a turning point for me to really focus on, um, on fats versus carbs and to eat whole foods and really focus on my nutrition and my water consumption. And, and, and then I continued to stay active. You know, I, I, I played really high, the highest level you can play soccer as an adult and then fell in love with jujitsu for a while. And I'm back in love with jujitsu, but my, my main focus was to look good and feel good and have a lot of energy. And that, you know, I'm not entering bodybuilding competitions. I just want to be able to be strong and I've told people this, you know, a number of times, like I want to be strong enough to carry all my fucking groceries in one trip. Like I want to be able to come from my truck into the kitchen with five bags on each hand and not have to take two trips. Cause I'm that lazy kind of thing, like practical strength. I want to be able to pick up my kids and not wake up with soreness and stuff like that. And that has, you know, uh, open the doors to lots of different biohacking techniques. Um, you know, a lot of people know that, that I started a chain of flotation therapy tank 
uh, centers in uh, 2012 and grew that business, which was about restoration and pain relief. And, um, you know, in addition to consciousness exploration, stuff like that, but, but from a recovery standpoint, I worked really closely with Russell Wilson when he was in Seattle. Um, and, uh, we, he was floating two or three times a week with Ciara oh. when he sprained his ankle. Um, and floating was a massive part of his recovery and he won a super bowl. And then I worked with some other Seahawks guys and some Sounders guys on, on not on some like breath work and recovery and some biohacking stuff that I, I don't talk about much, but I'm just, I'm just super fascinated by elite performance and I want to be an elite performer as long as I can. I look at guys like Mark Sisson, you know, um, I was reading Mark's daily apple in college around, you know, the big ass salad and satiation and movement and sunlight. And that stuff makes sense to me. And now that's sort of morphed into the people that I follow that are, you know, a little bit on the fringe, you know, like, um, Dr. Jack Cruz and how he thinks about sunlight exposure and Troy Casey doing Qigong, you know, testicle slapping and butthole sunning and that stuff as weird as it is just makes sense to me. So, so putting all of these things together, putting to put it, you know, putting out a really good podcast every single week with people who know their stuff like yourself and and integrating it into your life, which is the hardest part. How do how do you you can you can listen to all the podcasts, all the YouTube channels of all these fitness influencers and health experts and you know decentralized medicine, but but making that work for you in your life to get you the results that you want is always the hardest part. And and so I'm on this constant journey of getting better and better in in, in all the tricks and trades and, and I'll never be done. You know, I'm going to be outside, you know, bare butthole in the sun, hopefully into my, into my nineties. I would definitely want to talk about butthole sunning. Uh, I also just love saying the word butthole. I don't, I'm not going to apologize for that. Don't. That's, but you talked about one thing earlier. You said you, you grew up heavy. You were the fat kid growing up. And I think a lot of us can resonate with that, like kind of running away from something and being like, God, if I could just be fit, if I could just like, and we had this pain, right? And we start our fitness journey by trying to escape some pain. Hmm. And then later on, you're talking about how you want to just keep getting better and better and better. When did it transition from running away from something negative to running towards something positive for you? And what was, was there a catalyst for that? There, there was, there was, and this was a, this is, you know, sort of peripherally uh, incorporated, but it was, my son was like six weeks old. We were, I was running basically the float center from open to close and I was stretched really thin. We just opened the first location, just had a kid. And so I would have been what, 30, 30 years old, 31. And I was super, I'm, I've always been into Vedic astrology and there's this thing that's called the Saturn return. So this, this age, this from 27 to 32, the place where Saturn was when you were born, uh, returns to its original location. And that's a time when everybody's life gets all weird and wonky. Who am I? What am I doing here? So I was, I was, I was also in a deep spiritual practice during the time, uh, I was riding my motorcycle back from the float center. And, uh, this woman cut me off. Um, this was probably 10 o'clock at night. I got cut off and I crashed my motorcycle. Like 
she she cut across four lanes of track traffic and was basically perpendicular to the lane I was traveling in. I laid my bike down. I skidded for probably, you know, 20 or 30 yards and then slammed up against the back of, of her car. I popped up, I picked up my motorcycle off of the ground as it was laid down and walked it off. You know, had this crazy adrenaline and this story is going somewhere. I promise you. And she freaks out. She's like, I don't have insurance. Uh, I was like, just take me home to my house. Just drop me off. I just have to check in and tell my wife what's going on. Called AAA. I, I just went through these motions. Like I like I think a lot of people do. They, we just go through these motions in life because we, 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 we don't slow down for perspective. It wasn't until three months later where I went to go pick up my motorcycle from the Harley Davidson dealership. And I walked into like the service area. And the tech that was working on my bike um, greeted me. He's like, hey, which one's yours? And I said, it's the it's the Sportster 1200 over there, the blue one. And he goes, you crashed that bike? And I said, yeah. And he goes, people that crash their bike like that don't walk in here to get their bike. And as soon as he said that, I almost fainted. Like, I realized the gravity of my own mortality in that moment. He's like, he just assumed that the person that crashed this bike was dead and that they were never coming back for it. So in that moment, it took me three months to kind of come to the, 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 the fact that I want to be, I, I, I could die at any moment. I want to build my resilience. I want to build my strength, my armor. I want to be flexible and strong and healthy for as long as I can because I could go at any time. And the way in which I go about, you know, even now is I just want to be resilient. I want to be hard to kill. You know, Tim, Tim Kennedy talks about being hard to kill. Like I want to be hard to kill. It was that moment where I realized that life is extremely fragile. So what can I put in my body? What motions can I go through? How can I think so that I can build my resilience so that I am very hard to kill? And that bleeds out into everything in your life, in your health. And that was, that was a major, major turning point. That was obviously after, you know, I had, uh, I had sort of, you know, processed the, you know, the fat inner fat kid inside of me. And it was like, yeah, well, I don't have to be overweight my whole life. You know, that I went through that stuff years earlier, but it was, it was in that moment where I like, I could, I could go at any time. I better be as healthy as I can possibly be for as long as I can possibly be. That's so powerful. And I don't even, you know about this, like the Saturn return that if I look back on my life. I feel like I can put, I can kind of connect some of those dots too. Have you shared that story before? I don't think I've shared it on the podcast. No, that's, that's incredible. I feel like that's a, a definite, like, like marker in your life lifespan. For sure. Yeah. Could have, could have gone. That could have been the end of me easily, easily. Wow. So going back to like now kind of looking at looking at things in, in a way that makes you harder to kill what have you found to be some of the most like bang for your buck the highest roi activities nutrition strategies biohacking things that have allowed you to fulfill that mission of becoming harder to kill yeah well i think some of the over the years, having spoken to, you know, 465 world experts, that's how many episodes I have. And, and was that like, eight, is that eight years of podcasting? Uh, it's like six. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
the, the things that have the biggest bang for their buck is food movement, stress management, and sleep. I think it really kind of boils down to those. And there are so many silent killers that that so many of us just don't even think about like stress, um, like lack of movement, where you just suddenly find yourself extremely overweight or sedentary or sore getting out of bed. You know, there's people listening to, to this right now that woke up this morning sore and they didn't, <laughs> they, they don't didn't know, lift yesterday. They did not lift yesterday, right? They, they, they woke up sore. And, and so when I think about what are the most, what are the biggest bangs, you know, for sleep, it's, it's circadian rhythm. It's, um, optimizing your environment for sleep. It's, it's, it's getting ready for sleep. Obviously there are tons of sleep hacks and nutrients that I take, you know, not, not every night, but, but that I take really religiously because I know that they work and I track everything on my aura ring. So there, that, that is so critical for mental health, for stress resilience, for muscle synthesis, for you to build muscle and recover so that you can do it all again the next day. So sleep is is certainly most most important. Um, you know, nutrition I have has really changed, especially in the last couple of years. And um, I, you know, there are I'm realizing that I don't need that much food. You know, I just don't. I just I, I did a three day fast last last week. I have a jujitsu tournament coming up this weekend. Uh, uh, I was going to compete at 190 I was going to compete at 185 okay which which is what I competed at uh last time um but I got on the scales last week at 192 and this was in the morning after a pretty light day of food consumption and I thought I've got basically a week to get down and stay down below 185 to to weigh in and I decided that I was just going to go up a weight class to to compete at 200. And and the and and during that process of figuring out how am I going to lose seven pounds and and also keep my energy up, um, I I did a three day fast to kick that off. I could have gone for four or five or longer because it was it was really that easy. And I think I've figured out a really a couple of key nutrients that to take during those three day fasts that that give you the energy and make it so that you don't hate your life. Um, but over time I'm, I'm through intermittent fasting and, and keto and, and everything that I'm reading, I just, we just don't need as much food as, as we think we do. And so when you do eat food, it better be raw eggs, <laughs> raw liver, amino acids, high quality protein. So that, that's, that's kind of a big revelation. We just get into these glucose rhythms where we just need more sugar every couple of hours. I think everybody has experienced that. And a lot of us, you know, really grapple with that. So there's sleep, there's nutrition movement. I, I, I hate running. I played soccer at, you know, the, a D2 scholarship athlete semi-pro for a year, but I never liked running. I just found it to be tedious and, 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 and boring. And so um, I like doing things that are practical and jujitsu fits that bill. I, I would love, you know, uh, I'm chasing that blue belt. I'm, you know, I'm a stripe away. Um, I'm having to be hard to kill. That's, that's helpful. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It checks that box, you know, I'm doing hard things. I'm building my testosterone, hanging out with other guys, you know, I'm exerting to like the, you know, I'm, I'm emptying the gas tank, you know, four or five nights a week, which 
which is, which is critical. And then I'm doing the X three bar. Like I, I haven't been to the gym. I haven't lifted a weight in years, but I'm able to, to stay very strong because of jujitsu and the X three bar, which, um, continues to just be really, really effective for me. So we got sleep, we've got nutrition, we've got, uh, movement and, um, and, and stress, stress management, I think is huge because if I work with enough high-performing people and so do you stress gets in the way of everything. It makes you make poor, poor decisions about what you put in your mouth. It makes you lousy to be around when you're with your family, you know, it makes you hasty. It makes you, um, you know, and, and at a deeper, you know, sort of biological level, it can bring on you know, um, diseases. It can give you heart problems. It can give you hypertension. It can give you, you know, chronic fatigue, like stress can kill you. So I find effective ways to manage that. So anything above and beyond that, yes, love and hugs in my life. Yes. Breath work, all that stuff is, is, uh, is great. But those are the, those are the four key areas that I really focus on that I've found to be most effective. And I'm, you know, I'm always looking for the minimum effective dose. I don't want to do more than I have to. I want to do just the right amount to get the results. That's 11 minutes a week in the ice barrel. That's it. I got, if I reach 11 minutes a week in the ice barrel, that's the minimum effective dose for all of the, you know, cold shock proteins and, and resilience and, and immune boosting, all that stuff. So it's like, I'm just, it's just now what I do is I figure out what, what's the least amount that I can do that can be the most effective. And I just double down. I love that high ROI for the win. I feel like there's so many things out there. You could always be adding in more and more and more shit, but like, there's some point there's like a, you know, there's that, the, the drop off in effectiveness when you just keep adding in more stuff. So yeah, I think that's a really smart way of looking at stuff. Well, it, it, you, you know, this too, you know, like. It, it gets, it can get expensive. Mm -hmm. It can get stressful. It can get inconvenient in the way that you spend your time. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard to track. And the thing is, is like you and your listeners and me and my listeners um, are accountable people driven, focused, you know, like to be their best. And, and that in and of itself is a, can, can really kind of turn into some obsessive behaviors, you know? Mm -hmm. You're shaking. Yeah. You're nodding because you know, like counting, counting calories or, or, you know, tracking macros can become sort of a, um, a diminishing return if, if it gets in your way. And so again, like simplify, stay consistent and understand what it is that you're after. And then, you know, design your lifestyle accordingly. Yeah, that's, that's smart. I like that you broke it down to those four buckets. I thought you might've said breath work as one of them, but I think that probably falls into the stress relief category. Yeah. And I, and I do love breath work. I, I had a coaching session this morning and I did, uh, I did some, I guided him through some breath work before we did our session and you could see him, he's in the UK. So it was in the evening time for him. And before, you know, coming into the session, he's like, he's like, you all right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, how's your day? He's like, yeah, it's okay. You know, got, got this going, bit of stress, bit of that, bit of this. Yeah. And he kind of lost his train of thought while we were talking. I was like, okay, we need to kind of like dial in. Let's do a couple minutes of breath work and then we'll dive in. He's like, okay. And then I could see him. He was a different person at the end of that. You know, it's probably four minutes of breath work that we did. Um, I, I like it. And I think for a lot of people, breath work is more accessible than meditation. A lot of people struggle and get frustrated with meditation, but they can do a guided breath work and get the same exact benefits of feeling uplifted, feeling interconnectedness, feeling present, feeling invigorated. And 
and there's you know there's some cool apps for that. My favorite is Othership. That's that's my favorite breathwork app out there. Um, so yeah, breath is important, but as a as a you know sort of a core focus for me, it's not uh, it's it's you know it doesn't really fall into the most essential practices. Got it. So you talked about fasting and trying to get down to making weight for jujitsu. Um, what were the what were the some of the nutrients or things that you're taking? during these extended fasts that have made it easy for you? Yeah, a couple. So one is minerals, you know, that's, that's, that's the conductors of, um, of energy throughout your body and fueling your mitochondria. And there are, there are two really incredible products element, you know, that Rob, Rob Wolf's brand LMNT boom, of course, you know, that that's a great baseline. Um, so the key is to stay as low calorie as possible. And I think that there's a, there's five calories or something. Maybe it's zero actually. Can you look on the box? How many calories are in a element? That's five, five in the watermelon. Right. So five, so for five calories, you know, you can, you can, as long as you're not getting up over 10 in one sitting, you're not, it's not going to bump you out of that, uh, that fast. So element is great. There's a product called Nyon that I just did an episode with. Um, it is essentially grounding in a drink. So it's minerals and electrolytes, but it's, it, it, it grounds you by enhancing your electromotive potential. Hmm. So you're taking in, you're ingesting these negative ions and it is like, they've done some double blind placebo controlled studies around, um, aerobic output and, these cyclists like doubled their performance when they were taking this product, like pretty, pretty staggering. And they have the studies posted on their website. And that is like giving me another gear. So as far wow. as the energy that I get from that to, to help me last through the day uh, and not get the sort of brain fog and lollygag that you get from, from doing a, a fast. And then um, BioPro Plus in the morning time is is now essential for me. Like that's just that just helps so many so many things. Are also you know very low low in calorie. And then the final product is um, essential amino acids. Um, and there's a specific brand that I really like, and I've taken branch chain amino acids, and I've and I think we've talked about this before, but I've 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 tried a bunch of other um, amino acid products. And uh, AminoCo makes this perform um, essential. That's one with amino- caffeine, isn't it? Uh, I don't think it has any caffeine in it. I could okay. be, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, but again, it's it's energy boost. You can take it as a pre workout, and it, it it it. I mean, you can feel it. it. Makes you feel stronger and more capable. So I also drink some mineral water and stuff like that. I'm 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 a I'm a psychopath when it comes to the water that I drink and what I do to it. You know, I'm the guy that has crystals in his water and then I'm structuring it with a wand. I'm doing all sorts of wacky stuff, but doing that, those allowed that three, those, those suite of products allowed that three day fast to go really, really easily. And I think the next one that I'm going to do before I do a parasite cleanse, which is long overdue, uh, I'll probably do a five day fast and then go into my parasite cleanse. Wow. Right afterwards, or are you going to like yeah. refuel with some in between? Um, I'm going to go, I'll go right into it. I, you know, my, my refueling after that five day is going to look, you know, pretty low calorie. Um, I took the, the Turkey carcass from Thanksgiving. We did two, um, uh, with my family. And so I have, um, almost two liters of Turkey bone broth. 
cool. that that I made. And so I'll be eating that, you know, it's just to get high quality nutrients into my body as I go into uh, the parasite cleanse. But um, looking at the protocols that are sort of largely thought of as the most effective is that you want to start with a fast because you starve the parasites, you reset your gut microbiome. And then when you, when you click on, you know, para X, para tracks, um, uh, there's a bunch of other different products that they have for, for parasite cleanses. And there's, there's a bunch of different kinds of parasites that, that you kind of need to take a bunch of different stuff to get them all out. Um, but the five day fast will, will preclude that, uh, that protocol. And I'll probably do that in January. That's intense. Yeah. I love the aminos for a fast. I have, I, I came out with this, this product fast aid. Yeah. That's, it's more of the branch chains because I found that they didn't spike blood sugar at all. So I stay with the, I stay with that instead of the essentials. Can you read me what, what, what ingredients you have in there? Yeah, I got, I got B6, um, just a little bit of sodium, a little bit of potassium, 2000 milligrams of leucine, a thousand milligrams of isoleucine, valine, and glutamine each. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. And, so I've, and been, you, I've been enjoying that. Yeah. Do you take it daily? Yeah. I've been taking, I was, I kind of came out with it as a fasting, like assistance product, but I've been taking it at night before I go to bed. And I feel like I wake up not as sore from jujitsu or for my workouts. Oh, nice. I, I've never really noticed, like, I've never really been about the amino life. Cause I was always thought I have enough protein. I'm getting enough like actual aminos from my food. But even when I'm getting 200, 225 grams of protein, and I take that, I notice a difference. So I'm huh. taking a pre-workout fasting days and and if I need a little extra recovery, I'll bump it in the evening too. Interesting. Oh, I never thought about taking it at night. That's a good idea. And do you eat dinner fairly early? I eat about three hours before I go to bed. So I'll, like, I'll eat, you know, 5.30 or 6. Okay. Oh, I'll take a look at that. I like that. Yeah, check it out. I, I, I'm always curious, like, especially someone who's tracking all their stuff. Like, what is it? What are you noticing? You know, like, I think that's the biggest indicator. Yeah, yeah. So Sean, if you were to like today, start a cult. That was like the, that was your main thing. Build a, not like a community, but like you were going to start a cult. What would you base it around? <laughs> this is what the people want to know. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh man. Do I get to fuck everybody's wife? Is that part of it? Bro, it's your cult. You do whatever you want. I mean, is that what you're supposed to do with cults? Uh, I think that's a Texas thing, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh boy. I, you know, I, I would, uh, I would, I would center it around, <laughs> um, uh, no vaccines. I would center it around keeping your body as clean and as, as with as few exposures to plastics and ingestions and, uh, um, um, chemicals and toxins, uh, injections and, um, you know, organite cloud busting devices to clear up the air above you. Um, um, you know, high quality food <laughs> and you would definitely have a compound. I'm sure you'd be ready. Oh, for you'd sure. Be, you'd have your farm. Yeah. Cows. Yeah. Well, and, and a couple of years ago we, we did that. We moved, we moved out to an Island on, on a couple of acres and started you know, did the chickens and the farming and stuff. Essentially it wasn't, it wasn't the right time in our life to do that. So we moved, moved back here to the city, but yeah, it would have to be, you know, far out. It would have to be in the mountains, I think, to, to, okay. to account for 
the zombie apocalypse. So we'd have mm-hmm. to have, you know, security involved and so forth. But <laughs> yeah, I think it'd just be clean living and, um, you know, connection to connection to source. That's, that's what the cult would, would really be, would really be about. It'd be about free will. I'd be a shitty cult leader. Cause I don't like to tell people what to do. You know, I, I like was going to ask you like, what would you do if someone came home with like a Twinkie? Yeah, I, 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 um, I'd probably, um, say, you know, I'd probably sit him down and say, Hey, listen, you know, is that really what you want to do? Yeah. That's not going to work out as a cult leader. You're going to need something more like probably have to punish him, huh? Yeah. Definitely going to have to punish him. I'd probably have to make him, make him eat immersion therapy. So I'd have to make him eat like a thousand Twinkies. Oh my gosh. That, and that was, what a powerful lesson for everyone else. (laughs) I love this. When you started, just send me a quick email. Let me know where I can go cool. join up. Nice. All right. Okay. So talk to me about it. Like you, you mentioned, you said you do a lot of weird stuff with your water. You got crystals in it. You got the wand. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about with that, but what are some of the other things that you've gleaned from interviewing 460 experts that you're like, this is, this is sounds like it's absolutely batshit crazy, but I do it. I love it. And I notice a difference. Yeah. Yeah. The, the things that have the, I think the sort of, I, I kind of answer this in a couple of different ways. Cause you know, a lot of this, some of the stuff that I, that I become aware of, I can't immediately activate on, right? Like I'm not, I'm not going to buy a pulse electromagnetic device, you know, to have in my house. I'm not going to spend 15 K for a PEMF device in my house. Cause I don't have Lyme and I don't have autoimmune system. You know, it's, I'm not starting a wellness center myself. Um, um, the, the, the parasite thing, I think we are way early to, I think that over the course of the next couple of years, it's going to be increasingly clear that parasites are upstream from cancer and that parasites are upstream from neurodegenerative diseases uh, and autoimmune diseases. And so from that perspective, you know, sort of the things that, that I, the question was kind of phrased as like, what sort of big things have you activated on that you've seen a difference on? Um, and so I'm trying to think of the biggest in the 463 episodes. Uh, I think parasites, I'm just at the beginning stages of, of, of understanding what all they do and how they really affect your body by sequestering seven times their biomass in heavy metals. They literally like cling on sequester heavy metals so that they can feed off of them. And then they piss in you. And then you have this reaction parasite piss that's all over your body. If you eat sushi, if you have a dog, if you go barefoot outside, if you've never done a parasite cleanse before, there's a pretty good chance that, that, that you have many of them and that they're messing with your health they're messing with your skin or your hair or, you know, your ability to sleep or even your ability, you know, your cravings and stuff like that. So I'm about to activate on that. I've done a number of parasites uh, episodes recently, David Avocado Wolf, Melissa Ramos. I have another one with my friend, Rob Stewart, who is like an eczema psoriasis expert, giant YouTuber. And he's doing a lot of parasite cleanses as well because he's seeing it really help his clients and their skin because the skin as in the lymphatic system is, 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 you know, ties back to your gut. What are you putting in your gut? So like, he's got these guys doing, you know, 
uh, raw milk and bone marrow, like going heavy Weston A price style to help them clear up their skin with some really great effects. So like, that's a big one. Parasites are big. Water, I've been obsessed about for a number of years. We, we, we have not drank tap water in my house since uh, it's been about 15 years since we've drank tap water. And so what we do is we go gather spring water. You can go to findaspring.com and get those five gallon uh, jugs and just go fill up 20 gallons of, uh, of, of, it's called primary water, right? So this is water from aquifers down in the ground. So it's, uh, it's higher in, uh, it's, it's more alkaline. It has more minerals in it and it's not tainted by the birth control. People flush down the toilet, bromine, chlorine, other pharmaceuticals, you know, cocaine, which, I don't want that in my water, you know, I don't want it in my water necessarily. Um, so there are studies that show that municipalities with higher levels of fluoride in their water have lower IQs. Like there is studies that show that the people who drink more fluoride are dumber. Like now we know that we know that we know that fluoride was proposed to be put into the water as an, um, as a way to dispose of fluoride through chemical processing. They got in the Rockefeller medicine, got in cahoots with um, um, the AMA and uh, the American Dental Association. And they found, they found a connection between fluoride and teething, um, protecting your teeth. And then we were sold a bill of goods that like fluoride's good for you, even though on the toothpaste, it says if you consume a lot of this toothpaste, call a doctor because you shouldn't be having that much fluoride. So in addition to drinking primary water, I have what's called an analema device. And what it is, is it's a, it's a, it's a crystal wand that has what's called mother water in it. Um, that is, um, that is highly coherent, uh, structured. So there's Kangen, you know, um, uh, water structuring devices where they like, will spin it around and it basically brings that water back to life. Um, this is a device where you can do that with a wand. So I do that after I gather the water, I bring it back, we put it in glass jugs, and then I treat it with analema. I charge the analema wand in the sun, you know, for 15 minutes a week. And they found that that charges the water for longer, uh, creates a structure in the water that you then consume. The water is then alive again and, you know, does does better things for your body. You can actually do a test with with plants where you use tap water buy two plants, water one with tap water, water the other with coherent water, structured water, and you will see very quickly how the plants respond to that different water. So that's very interesting. That's that's a that's a big one that I think a lot of people miss is is a they're drinking bottled water out of plastic bottles, which is estrogenic and depleted of nutrients, and or they're drinking tap water or they're drink not drinking enough water. And I, and I, I think that a big part of the reason why I have stayed kind of a black sheep conspiracy theorist who can kind of see through bullshit a little bit better is because I don't drink fluoride and I have it for a long time. So I think that I'm not as, I don't think I'm as dumbed down as I think a lot of people, there's a sort of a sedated quality. I'm not blaming anybody for doing it because we were told that fluoride in the water is good, but just it's, it's not. 
it's not. And if dude, you can look, you can go on and look at the pipes that that drinking water comes into your house in, you know, from like water treatment facilities. And it's that that one photo enough is 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 enough to make you rethink whether or not you should be drinking tap water or even bathing in tap water. You know, you can get a it's Cyber Monday today. So, you know, you maybe by the time you hear this, you maybe have missed the opportunity to buy a water filter uh, that takes the fluoride out of your shower. But I would I would suggest that you do it. I could keep going. There's more, but you know, your it's your podcast. It is my podcast. Thanks for remembering. That's that's fascinating. The, like the whole like different big manufacturers getting together with governmental agencies to dictate terms for our health is fascinating and like like almost like morbidly hilarious. It's it reminds me of me doing any sort of uh, research study, at, like as a sophomore in high school. I was like, here's my here's my outcome. What can I find to support this? I'm like, there's a loose link. You know what? I'll just write something on my own website, cite my own self as a source, and now I look at science. I did yeah. that a lot. I was like one of the first people to have a website in high school, and I would put stuff on it and cite myself. No way, really? Yeah. <laughs> you decided to cite anything. I was like, that's on the internet. It must be true. What are some other examples of like, like the, you know, kind of the big manufacturing, big food coming down with, regulations for our health and safety that end up being just complete horseshit. If you really want a red pill afternoon or evening, just, just do some research on the Flexner report. Uh, the Flexner report was funded by, um, uh, Rockefeller and what flex, what the Flexner report did was basically undermine thousands of years of knowledge to natural health remedies to make way for scientism and petroleum-based health products. So the Flexner report undermined the entire industry of homeopathy. Uh, I did a homeopathy uh, episode a little while ago. For those of you that don't know, basically homeopathy is the idea that you have stuff going on in your body and the introduction of minuscule amounts of a given material can help that ailment. So maybe your OCD, a, a homeopathic remedy for OCD may be a minuscule amount of copper that you drink that may ease some of that OCD. If you've got... Um, fibromyalgia, you go look and work with a homeopathic practitioner who will say, okay, you need to be taking like a minuscule amount of selenium, um, arsenic and black pepper. And that will help with your fibromyalgia symptoms. So homeopathy has been around for a very long time. It was in insanely popular until the Flexner report. And then it was basically buried along with Ayurveda buried. Chinese herbalism and um, acupuncture buried all of that stuff, all of this knowledge that we have that goes back thousands of years for holistic remedies and the use of herbs was then just buried so that the baby boomers, when they were born, they grew up thinking that you should just go get medicine from your doctor, go to your doctor, doctor will diagnose and prescribe. And the prescription that you get that you will get will be tied to some um, some medicine 
with special interests and bad science to support. So the Flexner report is a really big one. Um, you know, some of the other big ones that, that are, that are pretty scary, you know, that I think everybody knows is like Roundup and Monsanto, um, that it's, there's a reason why, um, um, nations increasingly across the world are, are banning, uh, the use of rants, uh, Roundup and glyphosate in their crops. You know, this sort of this idea that we need to monocrop and, and spray pesticides and herbicides Roundup ready corn, that whole thing, um, basically depletes all of the um, all of the nutrients, and then we and then it makes it a, makes it permissible to be ingesting glyphosate because this corn was genetic genetically modified to stay alive, even though all the pests were killed by the pesticides. So Monsanto, that's a big um, that's a big Pandora's box. You know, I I could go I could go on for an hour on vaccines, but I know that it just it, it just irks people tremendously to 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 think about it. I think that the last couple of years, and the couple of episodes that I've released over the past couple of years with with some experts like Dell Bigtree, um, have have framed it within a sort of context, which is, and this is I think the one of the most important sort of pieces of knowledge that everyone should know around vaccines is that there has never, ever, ever been a double-blind, placebo-controlled safety study on a vaccine versus a, a vaccine, a vaccinated population versus an unvaccinated population. They've never done that study. There's never been a study where they give half the kids um, the, the MMR shot and they leave the other half of the kids alone and see what their health health outcomes are. That's never happened. That alone is like a red flag. So what we have now are uh, researchers who call themselves scientists that come out with data that supports the people that pay for these studies. And 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 again, I don't I don't I don't get angry at people who vaccinate their children or who went and got two or three four boosters and a jab who are still getting flu shots because we've been told that it's safe and effective. We've been told that from the get-go. The the there has been this is another kind of key differentiating point is since about the 1980s uh we've seen a steep decrease in health outcomes in in North America and the United States. And we've seen a rise in autism. We've seen a rise in allergies. We've seen a rise in uh, in chronic health issues and childhood obesity and asthma and all these things. And you can kind of look at the timeline to see when the vaccination schedule really picked up in the mid eighties. And it's you, it, the, the information's out there. You know, for forget about your politics, but. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been talking about this for decades. He cites his sources. He wrote the real Anthony, the real Anthony Fauci. That book puts a lot of this into perspective. But again, the, the, the big idea is put good stuff into your body, build your resilience, get some sunshine, get some fresh air, play in the dirt, and you raise your resilience. You know, the beyond. Beyond water, Monsanto, um, you know, vaccinations, you know, don't need to get into chemtrails. 
although it's kind of obvious, you know, what's happening there. If you look up at the sky now and there's, you know, a grid, you know, we saw contrails as kids and now it's chemtrails everywhere. Uh, and there's people that have admitted to admitted to it. Um, again, I think that they're, they're, you, you control what you can control for. And if you can stay educated, the thing is, is that it's, it takes time. It takes time to read all this stuff. And most people don't have the time or aren't going to make the time to do the research on what fluoridation does to the IQ or, you know, um, you know, spacing out vaccines for their children. It's just, it's a lot, it's heavy and it's super inconvenient. But, you know, for me, it's, it's, um, it's super important. And now I get the opportunity to sound like even bigger, a kook on my own podcast. So thanks for that, Nate. All these questions have been designed for that one purpose. So I've been, and we're going to bring on Anthony Fauci here in just a second. <laughs> I have him in the waiting room. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about like, you know, in this similar vein, how is, how does your family, like, let's talk about like your, your immediate family, your wife and your kids, how, like when you come home and you're like, Hey, we're going to do this. I'm going to stir the water now. What do they, what do they think? What do they say? And then what, then talk about your extended family, like Thanksgiving yeah. dinners. Yeah. The things that, that, the, they don't know anything different, you know, they don't know anything different as far, you know, they'll go with me to gather water, you know, they, you know, fed the chickens and you know, clean the chickens and ch coop. And, and when we had chickens, that's what we did. Um, you know, um, castor oil packs, you know, on wool, on, you know, little cysts or skin stuff that my kids have. That's just, you know, this natural, these sorts of natural remedies is just now they just expect it. You know, um, again, my, my kids, they don't go to the doctor cause they don't get sick. They don't, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not boasting, but there, we try to stay away from the doctor. They're growing fine. They're, they're happy and healthy, vibrant little kids, but we don't go to the doctor because we have a, a an, um, an armory of remedies in our home, you know, oregano oil on the soles of your feet when you're sick is going to shorten that cold by a couple of days, you know, castor oil packs with a sore tummy is going to help your digestion you know, taking ion, you know, that squeeze, there's a product called ion that uh, Dr. Zach Bush makes, which is a digestive. It's, it's fulvic acid, um, from really excellent soil, which helps with your skin and your digestion. You know, they just do a little squirt while they're eating dinner. Uh, we're going to be doing some parasite cleanses with them, um, probably in January, um, which is going to be a little weird because they're going to be taking a lot of stuff and we're, we're going to change their diet up considerably to, to, to be effective with that, that parasite anti-parasitic pro protocol. Um, but they, they just sort of, they get it. They, they know that I'm a little different, you know, like when they come home from a friend's house and the whole family's drinking Coke until, you know, eight o'clock at night and having bowls of cereal, they get stoked, they get excited, you know, like they, they drink Coke and have bowls of cereal from time to time, but the, the sort of basic everyday nutrition and, and movement and attitudes around grounding and sun exposure. You know, my kids get in the ice barrel with me. It's too cold for them now. They can't really handle 36 degrees, but you know, in the summertime when it was, when it was a bit warmer, they would jump in there with me. They, I think that they're, they're being exposed to this stuff, you know, red lights on, you know, sore spots and 
red lights on testicles and aura rings and nasal lasers, all these things, you know, they just, they, they, they believe it works because I talk about it. And then I explain to them how it works that when they put red light up their nose, it's, it's reaching all of the blood in their body. You know, it's, it's radiating their, their blood with red light, which is good. Um, you can imagine, you know, lower middle class sort of upbringing, you know, fairly conventional thinkers in my family. Um, I'm a black sheep, you know, I, I, I always have been when I told them in 2011 that I was going to quit my job, my really well-paying job in sales to go start a flotation tank center. I was already a weirdo, you know, like what, why would you do that? Like, what are you going to do for health insurance? Like, that was their main concern. Like, what about health insurance? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so they, they, they're skeptical, but when they get sick, they call me. When they get sick, they call me. My, my grandmother, who's 91, I actually recorded a podcast with her. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. Like two weeks ago and asked her all sorts of questions about health and vitality and nutrition and, um, and and got her sense of you know the the world, which is really fascinating. I I encourage anybody to just turn on some microphones and interview your older family members just to kind of document their lives. Um, you know, she was going through some like vertigo issues. Um, she's mostly deaf in one ear, and um, she was getting really dizzy just like walking around the house. And so I brought the nasal lasers over to her, and I said, "Just bear with me. I want you to do this three times a day." Um, do it with me now. And she did it. And three days later it was gone. You know, she didn't change anything else, but the, but the red lights getting to her nasal cavity, they're actually, the red lights are in your ears and up your nose and it helped. So, um, my family, you know, uh, they, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure they don't listen to the podcast, but when they get sick or when they're dealing with some sort of issue, they, they call and check like, Sean, what do you know about, you know, irritable bowel syndrome? You know, what, what can I do? Right. Like, <laughs> let me get let's dive into here. IBS. Yeah. Let's talk about how you've had the runs for three months, you know? Uh, but the, and, and I think the fact is, is, is that I do read about it and, and I'm as, 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 as much of a kook as I sound, I read exhaustively on all of this stuff. I don't just buy it because, you know, somebody on the internet said it was a good idea. I read this stuff extensively. And so I, I can, I can back it up with, um, with explanation and, and, and citation pretty clearly, but you know, there's this, there's this quote from Paul check. And I think that he attributes this quote to other people sooner or later, health is going to be your number one concern in your life. And that is so true, whether you're 91 year old Sean's grandma or seven year old son, Sean's daughter, who's got a cold, the health is the most important thing. And, and so doing the things that you can do that are either cheap or inexpensive that can actually move the needle or remedy something. Um, it's nice to, it's nice to have at least one kook in the family that, that knows a thing or two. Everyone needs a kook in the family. Yeah. I should have hit kid? you up though. Cause I, cause I just came out last year with a, I call it the immunity handbook where I just put a bunch of like homeopathic remedies into a thing. And I just, 
Like I just sent it out to people. I was talking to someone at my daughter's school today and they were like, my husband's been sick for three days. And I was like, bah, send this You're in your inbox. But I don't have oregano oil on the bottoms of your feet. I don't have red light on the genitals. Missing out. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of stuff. All right, well, I, I, I got to hit you up. We got to have a conversation about, about that, how I can bolster this, this document. Because I do, I do think there's, there's a lot I'm missing. But yeah, um, I like that you also said kind of early on where you were talking about uh, Dave Asprey and talking about the, the, like, the bacteria or whatever he called it in, the, in your coffee. Yeah. And cause it's, cause that sounds like it's, it's just kooky enough to be, be up your alley. Right. But you found that to not be true. And therefore now you hate him forever. <laughs> Paraphrasing. But, uh, but like, obviously you're going through exhaustive processes and you're doing a lot of the, the groundwork and your due diligence and you're having conversations with experts. You've had like two hour long conversations 450 times with people who know a lot more than you do about their specific, their specific subjects. So like by and large, you're become, you become the subject matter expert. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and to clarify the, the Dave Asprey thing, um, he's, he's right. There is, you know, coffee is one of the moldiest consumer products that we ingest around the world. Coffee gets moldy really easy. It has a lot of mycotoxins in it. I think he overstated it a little bit. And, and, uh, when, when they did some follow-up research to see just how moldy is the coffee at Starbucks, it wasn't as bad as he said it was, uh, don't drink Starbucks anyway, but you know, um, I'll plug my favorite coffee. Um, purity is, is some of the world's highest antioxidant coffee. It tastes really good. They have a couple different versions. It's really fresh. So we're picky cause we drink it every day, but, um, um, yeah, I, I, I can't help, but I'm a curious person and I want to know how the world works. You know, I was that kid that, you know, always asked why, why, like, because I say so was never good enough for me. Like, I want to understand, like, you know, talk to me like a little adult because I, I want to understand how the world works and, and it's exhausting because there's a, there's, there's so much to learn that you can't possibly know all the things, but you know, for guys like you and me who want to help people, we want to live a high quality of life and we want to get paid for the wisdom that we've, that we've cultivated that we, so that we can share it with the world. That's, that's the way to be. And I'm sure you've come across Gary Brecka recently, right? He's, uh, I had him on my podcast. Did you already? Yeah. Oh man, I missed it. I'm going to go back and listen. Like he's now saying what, what I've been saying for seven years, uh, six years, which is like, don't go to your doctor. Your doctor can't help you optimize your performance. The, your, your doctor is, is going to put you on drugs. It's they're, they're incentivized. It's the model. Like what you should do is look at alternative health, look at fasting, look at biohacking, look at, you know, great habits throughout the day to make yourself healthier those are the things understand the, you know, your genes and methylation, you know, to make, to make proper, proper adjustments because your doctor can't help you. You know, your doctor gets six hours of nutrition education in their doctorate and it's my plate, you know, and that this, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, and I can't help, but track and 
remember and share when I know somebody is doing something that's hurting them. And not everybody wants to hear that, you know, like my friends and family don't all want to hear about, you know, what they're doing wrong. And I don't put it on them. I don't pressure them. But again, when they get sick or they don't feel well, I get a lot of phone calls. I love Gary though. I feel like he has a, he's got a great message and he also speaks in a very, very clear and easy to understand way. I think that sometimes I get obsessed with how smart I am and I want to like use big words and, and talk about autophagy and stuff. And he has a very clear way of communicating. I've seen him speak a couple of times now. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've got a big crush on Gary Brecka. He does. He's, he's great. He's very engaging. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think that's just like, you just need a shirt, bro. That says everybody needs a kook in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Optimal performance podcast. I'm the kook in the family. Yeah. Talk to me about jujitsu. Uh, Cause I want to talk about it because I, you're a white belt. You're a three-stripe white belt. You've been doing it for like two years now. Awesome. Year. One year. Yeah. When'd you start? Uh, August of last year. So yeah. Okay, you're, cool. You're, you're not Cool. So like, what are, what are some of the things that you're learning or taking away from jujitsu that you've previously not necessarily seen in your fitness and nutrition and biohacking like side of your life? Cause I yeah. think there's, there's, there's a lot of crossover, but there's a lot of differences and a lot of lessons to be learned. Yeah. You really have to become an expert in recovery. Uh, when you're competing, when you're, when you're training even two days a week or five days a week, you really have to figure out what is the right food that is going to help you recover. That's going to make you less inflamed. Um, it's going to help you sleep. So nutrition is, is essential. And the building blocks of that are those protein minimums that, that each of us uh, need to need to hit, um, you know, neck, neck strength, back strength is really, really cool. Really important. How about um, neck strength? Cause that was something that I never really put any credence into until I started doing it. And I've grown my neck a full, a full like inch and a half in the last no year. Yeah. Whoa. Awesome. Yeah. I feel, well, I, and it's, it's changed my physique too. I look way different and way more muscular without having done much else. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I mean, you see a thick neck dude walking down the sidewalk, like, you know, that that guy does stuff, you know, he, that, that dude trains that guy fucks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> If you were going to say it, I was. Yeah. And like it, it, it's, it's such a, it's such an important part of, of defending yourself of, you know, bridging and using your head as an, almost like another limb to direct people into postures that, that put them, um, put them in harm's way. It's, it's essential. I think Huberman did a little bit about neck strength, not only from an aesthetic point of view, you know, a thicker neck, just, it looks cool. It makes you look stronger. Yeah. Uh, fake it. No, no one's got can't. synthol. No one's got synthol in their neck. Yep. Nobody's doing uh, Brazilian neck lifts, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> the, you know, again, I, I think about like the Weston a price stuff, strong, square jaw, thick neck, chewing, you know, chewing meat thoroughly getting that mobility and strength in your neck is, 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 is essential. And, um, um, I, I still haven't done an episode with these guys, but, uh, iron neck is a really, really quality product. Those guys were nice enough to send me one a while ago and I just took it straight into the gym. And now everybody at the gym, you know, uh, not everybody at the gym, but it's, it's there for people to use, to strengthen, to strengthen your neck. It's just, it's really, it's really, really important. 
um, the posture is really important in jujitsu. Um, the, the, it's also harder to get choked when you have a strong neck. So if somebody gets behind you and they're trying to do a rear naked choke or a triangle, if you can resist and you have the strength to, um, to pr protect your neck and, and fight people off, then, you know, you give yourself a, a huge advantage. You can live a little bit longer at least. Yeah. Right. Even if it's three seconds longer. Yeah. And sometimes that's all that matters. Yeah. But so I've been doing before I, before I do any classes or roll at all, what I do is I do some thoracic mobility front and backside. And then once I finish like kind of like the book openers on the back for the backside, I'll do a neck bridge. And I always start off with my hands on the ground and like, kind of just see how I'm feeling that day. Cause some days I don't, I'm not taking my hands off. Some days I feel really good. Then flip over, do some like thoracic mobility from the front. And then I'll put my head on the ground. And then recently what I started doing, cause I've seen these guys doing like crazy neck stuff, especially these wrestlers, you know, like bridging and going in one eighties with using their head as like the fulcrum. It's insane. And I'm like, that's, that sounds like an injury waiting to happen. So I'll just put my hands like kind of my, to my side. I kneel down, I put my head on the ground and I go side to side with it. And yeah. I'm trying to like work myself out away from my body a little bit. But I think that that has been making a big difference, the movement style piece, but I just was never able to do it because I thought you had to start off with a super hardcore modality. And so just starting to work up into it. I think it's been, that's been great. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you measured the circumference of your neck. And so that, you know, that you're actually putting on muscle out there. Well, I was, I just was getting stingers in my neck. Like every class I'd be out for three days afterwards. Cause I was just like, I couldn't turn my head. And so I got one of the neck, like the, the neck belt things, like the head, the shrugger guy, whatever it's called. Yep. yep. And I used that for a little bit, but I always felt like I was compressing my, my spine a, a bit. So the, the, so I measured my neck and I was like, I wanted to see if it's actually going to work. And so then doing the bridging, I think has been really, really helpful. So I might go back to the, the head, the head lifts, but for now, the bridging, I think has been like been perfect. Well, it's practical, right? I mean, the doing, doing bridges and, and doing mobility with your own body weight is practical because that translates immediately to, to the mats. I mean, jujitsu is, you know, I, I can't help but be influenced by, so I, I, I wrestled for a few years as a kid. I wrestled from like third grade to fifth grade and then seventh and eighth grade. I didn't wrestle in high school because it conflicted with soccer, but it gives you, uh, it gives you so much. It's just fucking real. It's just real. You know, it's, there are lessons upon lessons that you learn about yourself, about others every single time you go out there it's scary i mean there's it's scary it's scary going up against a big strong guy it's scary going up against a smaller more skilled guy it's scary being on your back while someone is trying to to choke you with your own shirt it's you learn what you're made of like and you know again like i can't help but be influenced by you know the the Jocko Willinks and Tim Kennedy's and Joe Rogan's and Eddie Bravo's and more locally, you know, my buddy, Greg Anderson, who runs uh, electric North jujitsu here near me, who's also has a phenomenal podcast that I just uh, appeared on for the second time. You know, it's, it, we, we have to find ways to push ourselves physically and mentally and emotionally. We have to find it's, we're too comfortable. We're just too comfortable. Netflix is too fun. Sugar's too tasty. We have to find, we have to- DoorDash, too easy. Too easy. 
we, we have to find these ways to push ourselves. So maybe that's ultra marathons. Maybe it's um, extended fasting, but jujitsu, I think it, it puts you into, they say the hardest bar, the hardest belt to get to in jujitsu is not the black belt. It's the white belt. The hardest thing to do is to show up and keep showing up and lose and tap and lose again and tap again and be humbled 400 times before you learn something where, oh, you learned a technique. You learned that your body is, is capable of doing this thing. And then you start using that. And um, that, and I think high caliber people are drawn to jujitsu. There's meathead douchebags everywhere you go. Of course, they're welcome to that, you know, no, no, you know, not throwing any shade on those guys, but the caliber of people that are drawn to a martial art like this, that is this based and practical. Those are the kind of people that I want to hang out with that I want to go get a beer with, or, you know, you know, you know, talk smack with like, those are, those are my people. And, and there are so many lessons that you learn that the rest of your day isn't quite as hard. You know, you get a little perspective, Bro. right? hundred percent. After you get choked out 15 times and in, in an hour you drive home and someone cuts you off, you're like, all right, go right. Ahead. Fine. It, yeah. You just, it does give you that perspective. I think one of the things that I've, like I just started this year. Uh, it's one of the things I've learned the most is like, I've been around fitness and lifting weights. I'm a strong person. I'm stronger than average, like an average person. So my mentality was always like, if it push comes to shove, like I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to be fine. And what I realized was absolutely fucking not true. If anyone has any degree of, of fight training, you, yeah. they're going to dismantle someone completely yeah. and utterly. Yeah. And so like, you just like, I just never knew how helpless I was until this year, until my 36th year of life where I was like, oh shit, like I've been like a baby this whole time. Yeah. And now I, at least like, I, I feel like I have enough of the basics where I can escape from any, like from any bad situation if I really, really need to, but I still get choked out 15 times every, every hour, but it's good though. Yeah. I feel like that, like that, that consistency and that resilience to like keep showing up, even when it's hard makes those, that one time when you get someone to tap or you get a submission, it's just so much better. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no hiding out there. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no hiding when you are, when you're trying to, you're trying to put somebody in a situation where they lose consciousness and they're trying to do the same thing to you. Like you can't hide, you're all exposed. And it's the same thing, you know, I've talked about this before, but you know, back in the day when two usually boys had a conflict, they would fight or wrestle. And then afterward, they'd usually be pretty good buddies because they've shared this experience together. They know what the other one is capable of. You know, you, you go and scrap with your buddy in fourth grade, you go outside, you're fucking pissed. He's pissed. You go at it and then you get it out of your system. And then it's like, Oh, I see you, man. Like, okay. All I right. Maybe, maybe we could be buddies. Yeah. Because dumbbells don't resist you at all. You just pick them up and put them down. Right. With this, it's like, you're like, I want to have that hand. And the other person's like, you cannot have this hand. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like, I think there is something to be said for like scrapping with your friends. You know, I think that like, it's hard to really, and I wouldn't have, I would have not said this a year ago at all. I would have not had the, any conception of this, 
But now like, I want to like, I want to get my other friends into it so I can fight them. I want to yeah. fight all my friends yeah. to see let's like, is there chemistry here? Yeah. It's crazy though. And it's, I think it's, it's very addicting for someone who has, who is competitive or, or is drawn towards growth. Right. Because right. once you go in and you start seeing, oh, I, I have a long ways to go and there are levels to this. Like you just want to keep coming back until you start, it starts, starts clicking. Yeah. And that's, there's, that's what, I mean, we should all be on that path one way, shape or form. We should be trying to better ourselves and learn about ourselves and push ourselves and fail and then course correct and fail again and make adjustments. Like if you're not doing that, then you're stagnant. And if you're stagnant, you're backsliding and, and to fall in love with jujitsu again, after wrestling as a little kid and having, you know, a, a year on and off about a decade ago to now fall in love with it again at 40 and go in and train with like 25 year old high school wrestler studs is like, it just, it gets, it gets me going. It gets, gets, gets my juices flowing, man. Totally. Yeah. That's it's, it's been uh, like, definitely like a like borderline obsession for me this, this past year, I've almost like dropped off all my other fitness training because everything has gone towards um, how do I recover best from jujitsu? How do I, yeah. I'm not doing any crazy leg days anymore because I don't want to be completely stiff and sore walking in to roll. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. I could talk about jujitsu all the time, but yeah. I think we've come to the, the we've come to the uh, lightning round, I believe is what you call it. Yes. Okay. So are you, are you up for a lightning round right now? Of course. No, we did one on mine. Of course. All right. None of these are really super like fitness biohacking related, but I just kind of went down a rabbit hole and, and here we go. Yeah. Is it yes or no? Or is it, you just want the quick answer? Quick answer. So okay. it's not yes or no. Cause so you're gonna have to think about it. Maybe. Okay. Okay. All right. First, our first one is if I could have one superpower, it would be flight. If I could only eat one food for the rest of my life, it would be ribeyes. Under no circumstances would I ever cheat on my wife. Hell yeah. The number one physical possession I own is Oh man, I'm not a big stuff guy. Um my truck. Love it. If you could completely delete one song from existence and human memory, it would be all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. Wow. Bold. The celebrity I get confused with most often is Tim Ferriss. All right. All right. Could be worse. My quarantine bad habit was. Ooh. Well, we never really quarantined, but we did. There was less going on. Um, I guess it would be, um, oh man, the fact that I can't answer this makes me sound pompous. My, what was, what was it? What was the thing? Bad habit. Uh, I suppose I was, uh, I was hitting the, the vape pen, the cannabis pen more consistently than I needed to during that little time frame. Fair enough. The next new, the next fitness, the best big thing in fitness is the parasite cleanses. The first time I had an erection was 
You don't have to answer. <laughs> I don't know if I remember my first. I mean, <laughs> so many good ones though. All right, nothing is worse than. Jumping in an ice barrel, which makes it the best thing. Wow. All right. There you go. I love it. That was your lightning round for today. Excellent. <laughs> just, I just started off. I was like, I'll write some fitness biohacking ones. And then none of those ever came up. So That's, that was good. I like that. Awesome, man. So tell people a little bit about where they can connect with you and talk <laughs> about your, uh, your Wednesday newsletter. Yeah. Well, um, the, the, the easiest way to connect is on Instagram, real Sean McCormick. Um, so find me there. The website admittedly is not what it should be. And it needs a lot of time and attention. It needs a lot of care. Uh, so that's going to be updated. Sean McCormick.com. But, you know, I, I should just do a dedicated episode specifically to what's up Wednesday. What's up Wednesday is uh is a weekly newsletter that uh, is, is five points. Um, a health headline, you know, uh, something in the news that that's getting whether that's Ozempic or, um, you know, cancer breakthrough. So it's a health headline that you should know. Uh, a link to that week's episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Um, a powerful quote that that I love that I think is is meaningful and useful in people's life. Um, a, a major discount on biohacking equipment, biohacking products. Uh, stuff that I've tested and I've tested with my clients and then a conspiracy, a legit conspiracy that you should know, not a theory, but a conspiracy that you should know. It's about a four minute read. Uh, it's never boring. It's always insightful. Um, so you can just, um, it's, if you can sign up on the website at seanmccormick.com or drop me a line or DM me your email in, uh, in Instagram and I'll add you. Are, are, do you get it? Do I have you on the email list? No, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go subscribe right now. Oh, that's shameful. We'll get buckle up. I'm You're ready good. for it. Like you, you put a lot of effort into these. So I'm excited to, to check them out. Yeah. I try, I try to keep it nice and short and condensed and, and, and punchy. Love that. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for being on my, on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, but if you guys are looking to, to connect with me further, I'm, my name is Nate Palmer. I'm on Instagram at underscore million dollar body, or you can go to million dollar body Beautiful. What a cool idea, man. This was, this was a lot of fun. I I'm, I'm going to turn around and release this right away. Let's do it, Sean. Thanks a lot.